over the weekend, over the past number of weeks, in fact, over the past probably couple of years, um, we have seen the vitriol, the um, harassment, the even in some cases, physical abuse of journalists become more and more of a reality. And we certainly saw that uh, last weekend in Ottawa. And experts and advocates are saying, hey, you know what? Uh, this needs to be a wake-up call. And uh, we need to look at what needs to be done to fix this, to address the issue. And again, I think, you know, when we talk about abuse in any workplace, it's an important conversation. It is anti-bullying day in, in Canada. You know, this, I think, in, in some cases goes farther than, than bullying. But there's a, a lot to look at, at here. Brent Jolie is the president of the Canadian Association of Journalists. And Brent joins me this morning. Welcome to 630 Chad. Hi, Jalen. How are you? I am. I am well. Give me an idea of uh, what was going through your mind on the weekend when you were watching uh, what was going on with, um, with uh, you know, to some of the journalists in in Ottawa and across the country. Oh, good goodness, goodness gracious! It was uh, it was a gut check time, to be honest with you, and not just this past weekend either. Over the last several weeks, you know, this has been something that's been going on for for quite a while now. Uh, and it's just getting worse and worse. You know, we've seen right from, you know, political leaders uh, telling, uh, you know, their followers to play dirty with journalists. And we've seen journalists being doxxed and having to, you know, their their home addresses posted on, on 4chan, you know, and having to leave their, their, their place of their, where they live. You know, this is an, this is an all-out assault. And, and frankly, I'm not, like, this is, this is just beyond the pale. It's, yeah. it's way too much. You know, I've been I've been watching uh, uh, a number of journalists, uh, certainly on, on on social media, posting uh, you know some of the messages that they are getting, and some of them saying that some of the messages are so extreme uh, with the violence being mentioned. It they won't, but they're reporting it to police. Uh, what needs to be done, starting with, and you know, this is <laughs> I've been in the business, Brent, for you know over thirty years now. Um, I think this past weekend was one of the first times I ever saw reporters out with with security around them or police around them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely something that we're we're monitoring because uh, we know that a lot of a lot of individuals, you know, particularly women, uh, journalists of color, particularly get a lot of this sort of tidal wave of of, of hate, frankly, to to be as blunt as possible. And so that in that sense, it's not just press freedom issue in terms of allowing journalists to do their job and to report information but it's also a health and safety issue and an equity issue quite frankly because you know this is this is just a huge problem and uh, you know I think the other part of it as well is you know protecting freelancers as well because mm -hmm. just the nature of how the how the industry has changed so much over the last couple of decades uh, you know, not everybody works for full time for an outlet, and they don't have, you know, benefits, uh, mental health, you know, entitlement, EAP programs, all these sort of different tools uh, to help be able to be supported when this happens. And so that's that's even more pressing as well, just to sort of exacerbate the issue. Brent, but, you know, I'm curious to know your, your thoughts on on this because it's not even just to um, the folks in the in the journalism world. I think it's you know in in businesses and industry. Uh, you know, across the country, right across the board. But the, the, the role that social media plays in this, 
this because it, it, maybe you own a restaurant and people get PO'd at, you know, something or they, they, they decide that they didn't like a, a policy you have, so they go online and, and they trash your... Uh, they trash your your business, whatever it is. W what do social media platforms, number one, need to do to address this across the board? And what do you think that the federal government needs to do to address this across the board? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think on the, I'll start with the latter and then go to the to the former. Um, I mean, the federal government has been has a critical role here to play. Uh, Minister Rodriguez, the, the Minister of Canadian Heritage. Uh, received in his mandate letter from Mr. Trudeau after the last election to bring forward, amongst other things, you know, a piece of legislation that deals with online harm and harassment. Now, what that looks like uh, is still to be determined. You know, the federal government tried to begin, you know, set the wheels in motion on this before, and there were some some advantages and good things that they did, but also some some limitations, and and that was well played out in in media and in in various circles. Now, where they get that balance, I'm not sure, but we're definitely going to be at the table with them to provide our our guidance on that. Um, you know, we look at, for example, the United Kingdom and some of their legislation that they've brought forward is is a potential model. Um, we still have to sort of do a, a, a harmonization with the Canadian context, of course, but, you know, that's that's something front and centre. Um, and social media companies, as you say, are, are critical because this is the... This is the breeding ground where all of this sort of toxic discourse is taking place uh, because, you know, people ultimately get into, you know, wanting to read in echo chambers, wanting to read with materials they only agree with, you know, and then, you know, I've gotten, I can tell you over the last month, so many emails saying, you know, why don't you tell people to report the truth? Mm -hmm. And then while well, I sort of think back and say to myself, well, what truth, what truth are you talking about here? Is that truth? The, that there is no no one's died from COVID and mm -hmm. and and you know that every that there are these widespread conspiracy theories that uh, I don't know journalists are are paid directly by Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government like some of these things are absolutely preposterous but it's a matter of trying to unpack and understand where these individuals are coming from so that we can can actually start speaking the same language and I feel like right now there's just a huge chasm between where where facts are and and where conspiracy theories are it's almost uh you know i, I saw a lot of people talk over the weekend about um almost media literacy courses needing to be needing to be taught or you know a better understanding oh, of how it works yeah absolutely i mean i, I this is i i live in i'm in toronto right now so um but when I was in high school, in under an old curriculum before, we had a grade 12 course on media studies, you know, and and how how you put together a newspaper and how to be a critical consumer of news and information. Looking at like what Marshall McLuhan talked about, which I think is really prescient today, talking about like information warfare. You know, you put in garbage information. Well, look at the consequences. Mm -hmm. I think that's coming to roost right now. But it needs to go, it needs to be across the board. It has to start younger than that even because people start uh, developing their opinions well before that time. Without a doubt. Brent Jolie joining me this morning. Uh, we'll leave it there. Brent is the president of the Canadian Association of Journalists. Thanks for the conversation this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jalen. Appreciate it.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.